Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. So we start at the 20, and the Resistance is evacuating Dakar, and the First Order is a boat to blow them up. Uh, Poe flies and flies in and kind of distracts the First Order as he's paging for Hux because he has an urgent message from Leia. Uh, he uses this time to kind of tool with Hux, and then he quickly makes a maneuver and takes out the surface cannons on the Dreadnought after Hux calls them in. Uh, according to General Organa, this is mission accomplished. You can come on back now. You're all good. Uh, but Poe says, no, we've got an opportunity to actually take down a dreadnought. I'm not going to miss that opportunity. So he directly disobeys orders from his general. And the team uh, is successful in this uh, endeavor, but it is a little gory in the process. Oh, yeah. The bombers get totally dummy. The first order kicks the resistance's ass. However, one bomber manages to make it through and lands a perfect dead center hit on the dreadnought, blowing it up. Uh, and then they take light speed and they fly away. Uh, Hux is a little annoyed that they took down a dreadnought and Snoke loses his shit at him. But we realize that they're tied on the end of a string. And then we find out that Snoke is actually very, very happy with the way that Hux executed his plan. Uh, cut to uh, Octo and Ray hands Luke the lightsaber. Luke looks at it, throws it over his shoulder, and then slams the door in his hut, tells her to go away. Then Chewie bursts open that door. <laughs> and then Luke's confused because he realizes, wait a minute, you guys are here in the Falcon. Where's Han? The only other thing we left out in there is that back at the hangar, Poe lands. And uh, the first thing he sees is Finn has kind of come to and stumbled out of his hospital room and he's still wearing this weird like medical balloon and he's just trying to get his bearings and the first thing he can say to Poe is where's Ray? Yes, sorry, that's when we cut to Octo and then the only other element of this 20 is that after congratulating Hux, Snoke then rips into Kylo Ren for losing to Rey and for being conflicted about killing his father. And Kylo Ren's like, I killed my father and I didn't hesitate. And he's like, but you hated doing it. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is like such a, a well-written scene. It is it, phenomenal. It, I think I have all of Snoke's lines down here as like good lines. And they're kind of the only good lines. Like it's okay that the beginning of the movie just has to open with a lot a lot of shoot 'em up and lots of explosions and lots of excitement and space battle because I guess that's what what kicks off a lot of a Star Wars movie. Um but I mean we can we can discuss the tossing of the lightsaber hilt or uh Poe disobeying Leia and being kind of a pill about it. It's it's a deeply flawed first 20. It's the worst 20 since Attack of the Clones in the Skywalker saga. I kind of agree. If you look at it's so pointless. It, it's it's and I've always felt this way. I never liked this 20. I've, in, I've never viewed it as a 20 before, but I've I've never liked the beginning of this movie. Uh, I don't find this base battle interesting at all. It's kind of not. Uh, and I do not give a shit about what happens on the inside of a bomber. Well, especially with to all these char characters don't that know. don't matter to us. Exactly. And especially seeing as, okay, yeah, this bomber was able to take out a dreadnought, but if these bombers have like light speed, then they should be able to time that a little bit better so that you don't need to lose all of them to hit. And how do you take out a Dreadnought with one single bomber? Right. That seems really, really lucky. And so overall, I think it's a terribly flawed 20 in everything that has to do with Poe. Yikes. His dealing with uh, Hux is crap. His The fact that he mutes Leia is ridiculous and would get him put in prison, mm -hmm. and rightfully so. Uh, he essentially 
could be tried for murder by sending his underlings into combat yeah. unprepared. Military negligence. Yes, completely. It is, it's absolutely baffling. And also, although it's... Uh, I wrote it down here because I, uh, I... I actually had that question for you. I was going to say, should Poe technically be excommunicated from the resistance and potentially like arrested? Yes, he absolutely should be arrested. And also, he's just an asshole. Like Any, any less likable actor would make that character immediately a villain in Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't lead any kind of heroic mission. I mean, it just kind of sets off an otherwise uh, consistently annoying post storyline for this whole movie. Well, I mean, it's also, it's supposed to be that, oh, yeah, they had some success. And then we find out in the next 20 that they didn't get away at all. Right. And so it was even less useful. And by the way, uh, that is one of my favorite lines uh, of the 20. And it's rare that Hux gets a good line, but the, we have them on a string. We have them tied on the end of a string. That's yeah, a good line. It is a really good line. Yeah. I did just want to make one thing. It's called a flex poly back to suit. Okay. And so I thought it was also a huge miss opportunity to not do a little bit of fan service. Put them in and tank. Ma- and make it. That's the thing. Like, yes, technology has advanced. I like that. That's a good call. It's a back to suit, so it's like it's kind of in that same realm, but make it a back to tank. Right. Have his head out of the back to tank or something. I don't care. Make it a back to tank. That is what we're familiar with. Is a back to tank just like warm water to get your like your body temperature up? No, no. It's very much like it's a it's like a treatment. It's like nutrient based. It's like an IV. Okay. So it's like a full body IV. I think that makes sense now and. I mean, Finn was also bested in the snow, but it's not exactly the same as it's Hoth. Not, it's not a warmth thing. As a kid, I just always assumed, well, they found him out in a snowbank. Me he, too. They probably had to put him in some warm water. That's exactly what I thought as well growing up, that it was yeah. just like, oh, Luke's got to warm up. But I always thought it was really weird that he was wearing a diaper mm-hmm. and then that weird like snorkel. Yes. <laughs> but right. that's what I just assumed like, oh, he must be just getting warm and that's the best way to increase his body temperature or something. Yeah. Do you want to talk about some of those quotes, though, uh, just from the 20? Because there's not tons. Okay, well, let's just start uh, chronologically, then. Do you want to talk about General Hugs? This is General Hux of the First Order. The Republic is no more. Your fleet are rebel scum and war criminals. Tell your precious princess there will be no terms. There will be no surrender. Hi, I'm holding for General Hugs. This is Hux. You and your friends are doomed. We will wipe your filth from the galaxy. Okay, I'll hold. Every bit of their exchange is crap. It's terrible. I don't know. It doesn't really bother me quite as much as it bothers some people. I I find Poe to be more problematic everywhere else in the movie than in this one charming little sequence where he's like, he's so-called tooling with, with Hux. That's not what I don't mind. Like, it's not the fact, like... Poe's demeanor, it, it fits Poe, and like the fact that he commits a war crime after yeah. is, is the different part. But the reason why I hate it is because of how stupid it makes Hux look. Yeah, it does. But he, it, he w- are, are we not supposed to feel that way about Hux? That he's like he's he's n- often undermined in this in these two movies. No, not really. He's not undermined in The Force Awakens. He's the one who blows up the Hosnian system. Right. Hux is the biggest murderer in the galaxy. Right. Hux is terrifying. Okay, but you have to be with me. He's no Tarkin. Like, he's obviously not meant to be the menace that... Like, I know he he talks back to Kylo the way Tarkin talked back to Vader, but the, the, he is missing a piece there, oh, and deliberately. Absolutely, but that's the problem, is he wasn't missing that piece in The Force Awakens. Okay. And I am I, okay with everything. I'm okay with Snoke even beating him around and then coming up to the agreement of, okay, actually, good job. I don't like the fact that, like, Hux, like, got fooled so easily. Right. Like, yeah. It, it, the, the fighter came up in attack position, 
and like message from Leia, and then he does this ridiculous rant, like "We will squish your filthy rebels." Like it's just it's so over the top it and is. doesn't work at all. It is over the top, and also, why does he literally look like a vampire in this twenty? I think that's actually really good. Is it because this happens right after the Force Awakens? He would be fucking exhausted tired i guess he would be so tired yeah and the rings around his eyes i think that makes actually i think that's one of the very like astute elements of that do you think they did that on purpose or do you think they just overdid i think they just cartoonified him uh no i i think they did that probably on purpose because i mean i think they probably had to draw some dark circles under his eyes i think there's probably some makeup there to make him look as exhausted as he does in amongst that scene we have a flashback to leia and she has an okay line she says wipe that nervous expression off your face 3po yeah that's a great line that's really good there Um, are a couple good lines like happy beeps here buddy come on we've pulled off crazier stunts than this i like that line yep it is i don't like the fact that the beeps that he was saying were, I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah, I don't buy that. That pisses me off. Doesn't no, work for me. It's, I buy it in the sense that that was the intention. I think it doesn't work, though. Uh, and I can, do lo- can he understand BB-8 without, like, a computer reader? Yeah. That's established? Yeah. Okay. Ray can, too. I know Ray can, but Ray's kind of a special case, right? No, he, he can he can understand. All right. Like, okay. Ray, Ray also understands. He translates. Like, Luke never learned how to speak um, Shrewook. No. But... Ray can understand it and translate later in the 20 to Luke for that. Okay. Because uh, when Chewie comes in and just screams at Luke. <laughs> and then there's uh, a bit of a Hux Snoke back and forth. General Hux. Ah, good. Supremely. Ah! My disappointment in your performance cannot be overstated. They can't get away, Supreme Leader. We have them tied on the end of a string. I mean, again, like, do you think that this undermines uh, Hux too much when he's being screamed at by Hologram Snoke in this opening sequence? No, I don't mind that so much. I mean, like, them throwing him around is a little bit... Uh, I'm not... A, really, the thing that bothers me is the fact that he's so over the top in his threats to Poe and that he lets... And he's just so easily fooled by Poe. And also, then Poe's war crime after. So it, it's kind of a back and forth of Poe's... Like, Hux is ruining the first three minutes and then Poe yeah. ruins the next seven. Also, I just feel like from a leadership standpoint, Snoke undermining Hux in that way in front of Hux's team is not going to create a more harmonious uh, efficiency. They're not going to respect him after having seen this happen. Yes, but I also don't think that Snoke has read leadership books. Uh, no, I guess. <laughs> I guess he hasn't read the subtle art of not giving a fuck. But like, it's still, they have the common co- cause like yeah. they all work for snoke he wants this to go well yes however there is something that, about snoke that and it's never really been explained and we'll learn more about it but snoke really kind of came in last minute i guess like like hux's father built the first order yeah and hux was very much part of that and snoke just kind of came in last minute and ruled the first order so snoke doesn't even really know everything that's going on this, snoke snoke wins this 20 oh yeah but do you like his hugh hefner aesthetic Yes. Do you? Yeah, I think it works. I don't view it as like comparing it to Hugh Hefner. I just view it as like an incredible. It's just it's so lavish. Although there is definitely like the fact that it's so theatrical with the red curtains. There's yeah. something to be said about that being implication that it's all staged and that there's like that Snoke indeed right. could be a puppet. Literally. Well, yeah, and let me say another thing about about the use of red in this 20 in a moment, because uh, talk about overkill. Yeah. But um, particularly in that, I guess it's the throne room, right, with the big red 
yeah. backdrop. I mean, it, we're just now starting to more comfortably look at Snoke as if he is a proxy for Palpatine and in fact, possibly even Palpatine himself. And so we know that Palpatine is vain. Mm. Um, and he certainly was when he was uh, living openly as a good guy. Yep. Um, and he liked the finer things. But as the emperor, as the evil emperor, he lived in the shadows and he... Yes, he had a throne room, and, and yes, there was a, a an element of glamour to his life, but he didn't wear loud colors and stuff. Like, there is a, a disconnect there. Yep, there is a disconnect there. He was less flamboyant, I guess. Okay, I see what you mean. That's, that's a, that is a good way of putting it. Yeah, Palpatine was just obsessed with the, like, the unknown regions and the Force. He yeah. just kind of stopped caring about those things where, I don't know, I mean, there's something to be like, who was Snoke? Like I, I don't, I don't think he is just Palpatine. I don't, that doesn't, that's, no. that's really stupid. That doesn't work. But there's got to be some element that he was somebody, and so like he has an, an identity outside of his potentially being controlled by Palpatine. Right. And I think that might just be a consistency thing with the character, and that like nothing in that regard was going to change. And so like, right, but he might look like a rot body because he's been dead a long time or something like, Oh yeah. I like, think there's a chance that he, that it was a corpse that Palpatine is like puppet master. Have we discussed, literally, literally puppeting. Have we talked about how he might be uh Matt Smith, that Matt Smith might be young Snoke. It, it, we've definitely mentioned it before, yeah. but I don't think, I, I think there's a much, much, much better. Like why wouldn't you just use Andy circus and CGI? Cause it's not going to look like a human. That's true. Um, and then, also, Matt Smith, all the heavy belief of the young Palpatine potential. Okay, so the red light on the Dreadnought deck was way overkill. Yes. It's so on the nose. Like, it, there's truly no color. It looks like um, it, it looks like uh, Sin City. Remember the Sin City movies? <laughs> there's, like, no color except for red. Yeah, there's, oh, there's too much red. It's way too much. Yeah, and that's, a, like, there are definitely some strong themes that you can see emerge in this first 20. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's do a couple more lines. Um, just for the record, Commander Dameron, I'm with the droid on this one. Where's Han? And then, of course, the Snoke lines of take that ridiculous thing off. Yes, beautiful. Yes. There it is. You have too much of your father's heart in you. Young Solo. I killed Han Solo. When the moment came, I didn't hesitate. And look at you. The deed split your spirit to the bone. You were unbalanced. Bested by a girl who had never held a lightsaber. You failed! Skywalker lives. The seed of the Jedi Order lives. As long as it does, hope lives in the galaxy. I thought you would be the one to snuff it out. Alas, you're no Vader. You're just a child. In a mask. That is like ice cold. That is like an all-time movie burn. It is. It's phenomenal. I think that's what we got to call the the episode. Just a child in a mask? You're just a child in a mask. Yeah, although pretty much everything he says is really serviceable as, oh, yeah. a, as, as representative of this 20. I mean, as long as Luke is still alive, there lives hope in the galaxy, or I paraphrase, but something like that. Mm -hmm. like, it's just so interesting to hear the villain talk about how uh, Skywalker represents hope. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a kind of a new 
Like nobody even utters the word hope except good guys normally. He, he mentions it. I don't know if he uses the word hope, but he mentions like almost the exact same sentiments in The Force Awakens. But in, with regard to Ray or Luke? No, with Luke. With yeah. regard to Luke. It's interesting because here he talks about Ray as... He has as, so much respect for Luke. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and in fact, I read that, uh, that you read the comic. Well, I read the panel cause it yeah. went, cause it went around the star Wars subreddit, but the one on Dagobah where he takes yeah. Kylo Ren there and he basically says like, if I had Lucas, my apprentice, we'd be past this long ago. Yeah, exactly. You little uh, bitch. Oh, he loves to burn Kylo Ren, which I guess just makes Kylo Ren want. He literally electrocutes him in this 20 cause he's mad at him. Well, and this is the first time I've watched this 20. Uh, and I know I'm going back to this already, but like, uh, with the Palpatine overhang. Like, this might be the first time I've seen this movie knowing that Palpatine's going to be in episode nine. Okay. And that is a new lens. Yeah. I mean, there's something that's just always seemed to connect Snoke to Palpatine. Sure. Like, whether it was Plagueis, which would have connected him in a different way, or... That or he's he just w- the stand-in for the same kind of guy. Or, no, but even, like, that he would be picking up the mantle of some sorts. There was all, like, the fact that he was saw the rise and fall of the empire how much he knew about vader he had to have some relation to palpatine in some way shape or form i think we know now because he dies that that relationship is potentially even greater maybe he was a pawn like a dooku or maybe he was a little bit more involved or maybe he was completely a vessel under 100 percent control palpatine right so it could be really any of those things but we we do know now that I mean there's like a zero percent chance that he's just nobody and don't worry about it. Yeah, I think yeah, that, that's just not the case. It doesn't make sense. He, like this, the Dwarty ring, the fact that he's got the statues of like that that um, the same. Well, he, I don't think he has the statues, but the the ring matches the statues that Palpatine has. There's just too many things that work. He dramatically understates ray in this segment where he's berating kylo ren and Mm -hmm. he says you were bested by a girl who's never even held a lightsaber now snoke knows maybe kylo ren doesn't have all the details but snoke knows that ray is more than just a girl who's never held a lightsaber true she'd never held one but there's a reason she bested him and snoke has a better idea of why it is than than ray or than than kylo does maybe maybe not um and then that could go down to the the fact of if he is just a dooku Mm-hmm. In the sense of he was somebody who was promised the world and was like intentionally Palpatine put him in Kylo's path to just wait for Kylo to kill him. Right. Just because he needed to have the apprentice who would kill his master, right. but not be the master who was killed. Yeah. So maybe that was it the whole way. And that he was just, he was waiting for like Snoke to do all the heavy lifting. Good loophole. And so it just allows him to be able to like, okay, perfect. This guy will kill his master. He, he won't be strong enough to kill me. But right. he, he can kill the Snoke guy, and that works perfectly for me. That's a good loophole. And so that definitely could be a way that it's been gone about. And that that Chief Palpatine was a smart bugger, he's wasn't he? He's a smart... He? So maybe Snoke has no idea who Rey is, maybe. but Palpatine knew who Rey was, and the whole thing was the setup in that regard. Because that's what we're going to find out. This entire everything that's occurred has been... Con- set up by Palpatine. And it's going to make talking about this movie for the next six or seven weeks kind of complicated because yep. there's so much speculation and we're getting so close. Definitely. And we have so many theories. Yep. So so we're really not watching this, uh, The Last Jedi, that is. We're really not watching it as retrospectively as we've watched all the other movies up until now. True, but I also don't believe that we can watch either this movie or The Force Awakens with a truly appropriate lens the way yep. we've watched the other uh, two trilogies because we haven't seen the ending. And well, the, you need to see it all together and you need to be able to know how it ends to be able to understand the kind of key little details that we go and we love to analyze agreed agreed let's talk about octo 
Yeah. Oct- two octo. Uh, potato, potato, I think. Okay. So obviously this is a, a, a problem area for a lot of people. And some of those criticisms are valid. Yep. Um, I remember it being speculated between episodes seven and eight that probably Luke's first words to Ray would be, who are you? And even that was kind of curious because we were wondering if maybe Luke already knew who Ray was. And so to assume that he might say that would be slightly confirming. Now, as it turns out, he doesn't say exactly that, but he, he doesn't exactly. go away. <laughs> right. And he, do- he doesn't know who she is, though. No. He asks later, who are you? It is kind of weird that he would just throw away the lightsaber without asking any questions. Yeah, I know. Without him saying, like, where'd you get this? It's a big take back for me. It's it's very silly. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have a problem with his general demeanor or his cynicism, nope. which is obviously the heart of the problem for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, had he dropped it, would have yeah. been better than throwing it over his shoulder. Yeah. It's, you're right. It's just too much. Yeah. It's, it's over the it's, top. It's... And I kind of like her reaction to it. Just like Daisy's acting. Yeah, it's good. Master Skywalker. Like, she's just like, oh, I did not expect that. <laughs> well, none of us did. No. Oh, and that's what Ryan Johnson wanted. He wanted to subvert expectations. I guess so. Go away. What are you doing here? He said you're coming back with us. How did you find me? Long story, we'll tell you on the Falcon. Falcon. Wait. Where's Han? We haven't talked about the crawl at all. Oh, uh, the crawl is the is the worst crawl. It's in the worst Star crawl Wars. in Star Wars. It's very bad. It's atrocious. I remember you and I like leaning over to each other in the theater and just yep. saying like, "Wow, that was wordy." Yeah. It just doesn't feel like a Star Wars crawl. And I don't know if any other Star Wars crawl. I could be wrong on this, but I don't know if any other Star Wars crawl is four sentences. Is it really four sentences? It's three paragraphs, though. It's three paragraphs, which the paragraphs are always supposed to be one sentence. Yes. In, in this one, there was two in the last one. Oh, that's really interesting. Uh, it also has way more $5 words oh than any God, other Star Wars. Oh, my God, it's so annoying. It's trying so hard to be verbose. It says nothing. Well, it says nothing, and that's the beauty of crawls in general. And I'm kind of surprised that more film franchises, especially action franchises, haven't adopted some version of a crawl. Yeah. Like, in a Mission Impossible movie, you might see a little bit of digital text, like... Um, type onto the screen here and there <laughs> yeah to tell you where this little base is yeah um but to actually give you context of like what's happening up until now so that you can start your story in the middle of the story mm-hmm. is a really efficient yes. and, and effective and frankly really fun way to get going with your movie mm-hmm. that uh lucasfilm doesn't have like a monopoly over i mean they kind of do but they don't have to it's weird that it hasn't been adopted well it's under the same like guise of like you have something start out with like a newspaper headline and then they throw another newspaper on top of it and then they just keep rapid firing new newspaper headlines kind right. of all about the same different thing that's just showing like a true context of what's going on in the world. Right. And but the serialized sort of like morning cartoons. A good example is last night I saw the Downton Abbey movie. Oh, and, yeah. And I watched all six seasons of Downton Abbey, but because they know that this is now a different medium for it to be in the cinema, mm-hmm. uh, there are going to be people at this movie who have never seen the show. Or certainly did not watch all six seasons of the show. They got dragged to it. They figured, maybe this is my jumping in point. This is where I join this series. And so there is way more exposition between these characters who have already have six years of mm. established relationships that they wouldn't talk that way. That's annoying. And it, it's, they, it's well written and they hit it pretty well. But for the first 20 minutes of the movie, there's an awful lot of Edith as my sister. And... That's th- annoying. Yeah. And it, it's fine. It blends in fine. But... This is another way to do that, where you yeah. just get a lot of context out of the way, 
and you just put it out in plain sight. You hide the exposition in plain sight. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I just love crawls. Is yeah. what I'm saying, and that's why this one was disappointing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially after the Force Awakens was the best crawl. Yeah, beautiful. And I think they're gonna have another good crawl for the Rise of Skywalker because time has passed. Ryan Johnson was also given the hardest crawl, sure, because he also took the easy route that we all would have taken and made it occur immediately after. Well, and J.J. is really good at writing in someone else's voice, assuming that he wrote the script here, and uh, he probably had final say on the script. And um, that's that's a skill in its own way. Yep. Ryan Johnson's a good writer. I'm, I can't wait to see Knives Out. But writing as someone else, writing in a voice that already exists, yep. is a totally different skill set. Yep. And uh, he, like, Luke is not the exact same Luke. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense. Yep. And but like you're right, he doesn't have to have the same difficulty of trying to capture a similar sort of Han the way that JJ was able to. Right, I agree. Um, another thing I didn't like though was BB-8 using his head to fix like so yeah. Poe is flying around and somehow not being killed, even though he has no access to his guns. Mm-hmm. But he's like the Tie Fighters are just flying around. He's surviving somehow, and then BB-8 just spins his head against all like the sparking ports, and then that like turns the weapon system back on it's just stupid that's not how anything works in mechanics yeah i agree it's, it's he doesn't complete the circuit it's nothing like it's no it just doesn't work no but i did there was kind of a neat moment where they fly through some fire and then bba rises up in the back of the x-wing fighter and he's kind of in a halo of electricity which is something yes. we've seen on r2 before yeah that is good uh, that's kind and of B- all I got. BB-8's a hard, like, BB-8's great, so. There's not a whole lot you need to criticize about BB-8. No, no, absolutely not. Here's a nitpick, uh, and I'm kind of all over the map here, but uh, Ray is noticeably buffer. She is... Yeah, she definitely... She's just got broader shoulders in this movie, and it's supposed to be immediate continuity. Like, that's fine. They just, they gave Daisy a different training regimen because the physicality of her performance in this movie asked for more. It's... But she is a different shaped person in this movie, which picks up immediately after the last movie. That's true, but she's wearing a different outfit that allows it to kind of look like, okay, maybe it's a little bit of a boxiness of the outfit. I mean, sure. But because like, it was so streamlined in The Force Awakens where she was like just wearing like a very, like barely anything, like, just a couple of like clods. Is there anything to indicate exactly how much time between finalizing the map to Octo and going to Octo there actually was? Like presumably it was the next day. Is it possible it was two weeks? Colin, that is so incredibly well-timed. Okay. So the comic series, they've been doing them like uh, Age age of. So Age of Resistance. The age okay. Of, the age, they did the Kylo one and the Snoke one. And yeah, yeah, They yeah. did a Ray one. And the Ray one takes place immediately after they put the map together. Oh, great. And it takes place, goes right up into her handing lightsaber to Luke. Okay. So it fills in that exact time frame. So let so me just kind of go through that for you right now. Great. That answers my question. <laughs> Perfectly. It's kind of hilarious. So it's not, okay, we got the files, let's gas up and go. There is some some plot in between. Yeah, there's a little bit. So it starts out and um, Leia is having a tender moment with Chewie. Uh, and then they're talking about like, oh, I don't want to get all, your fur all wet with my crying and such like that. And uh, Then Ray goes through kind of exactly what happened and how Ben killed Han and tells Leia. Um, and uh, Ray says like Han shouldn't have, faced him alone and leia was like but that's what han did he his first instinct was always to run but when it mattered he he was there and he always stood up for what mattered uh he knew there was a time to run and a time to stand and so then ray and chewie go off um and while they're in the air uh oh this is actually quite funny 
Uh, Ray asks R2, uh, who programmed you with attitude? <laughs> um, but then they're having a bit of an issue because of the um, the compressor that Ray bypassed. Uh, it's a lot, It's something else starts smoking, and they oh, have okay. to do kind of like a, a crash landing to get a part on a planet. And so not a crash landing, but like, in a, like very similar to Phantom Menace in the sense that we need a part to fix our ship. Interesting. And they go into like a junkyard world, and they meet this like giant, like sort of giant bug-like creature. It says, go down there. That's the like the big trash heap and then she goes down there to get the parts that she needs um and then there's another like giant and so essentially it was a trap and, and she was going to get killed by this other giant monster that was down there wow okay uh but then she uses the powers that we will learn that she will have in the force in the rise of skywalker and she no so she runs away mm-hmm. she runs away from the giant bug and then she calms and persuades the bug that tricked her and uh, calms him down okay. and then persuades him to like fuck off and turn himself in okay. uh, and then so she takes the part doesn't pay him and then pieces out and then goes to luke and so it, right. it, it's an opportunity like she it's a little mini adventure yeah it's just a little mini adventure that she has with chewy and uh, just to kind of build up their relationship a little bit more and nice. also show that she she had a, a, even a bit of a rough go in the unknown regions that was that was part of it because the compressor was bypassed and because you were flying in uncharted space they hit something oh okay I'm glad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know that they added yeah. that in there. I think that's that's really clever. And you did just inspire a curiosity. Um, who programmed you with attitude? It's the first time I've ever really thought about how somebody built R2 special. Like R2 is different. And that's that is that magic? Is that the force working within his his computer chip or or is he programmed differently? I don't know. And for some reason, I wonder if that's something because we want to know. He was just one of Padme's droids. Yeah. What Was he like, I don't know. That's a really interesting thing. What's R2's origin? Yeah. I, I don't know if I want to know, but I don't know if I want of, to either. It's kind of undervalued that R2 basically has the force. He's the closest a droid can be to having the force. Oh, yeah. Um, but and, and I have to assume that certain things Anakin pimped out on R2. Sure. Like the yeah. jets he has in like Revenge of the Sith, I would like I expect Anakin installed those. But his instincts are better than most oh, droids. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing that like I, I, you're right. I, I have no idea. And there's a reason that we've all bonded to R2 is because he had the from the beginning. And right. so it's like what was the thing? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. But even like uh even like Jar Jar and R2 like kind of get back and forth and R2 hates Jar Jar and gives him attitude. Which really should be the first indication that something is not to be trusted about R2-D2. You mean Jar Jar? Jar Jar, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got for this 20. I don't have a whole lot to say. I mean, I've got trivia questions if you want to do those. Yeah, let's do some trivia. Uh, Padawan question for you. Oh, we didn't talk about this at all. Uh, what is Rose's sister's name? Oh, Paige. Paige uh, Tico. I had a couple actually more take backs and she's part of it. See... So not her entirely. I, I want to make that clear. I think of that a winning moment of the 20, actually, is her catching that remote. Oh, no, that defies all physics. Why? That's the stupidest thing ever because it passes her head and is about at least at least two feet below where she physically is. And then she's somehow on her stomach able to catch it. Yeah, that it, doesn't it bother does, me. It, oh, it, it's bothered me since the first time I saw it. It doesn't bother me any more than uh, holding Kylo Ren's lightsaber hilt the wrong way. It, it's a similar thing, and I, I compare. I, I thought of that when the watching ergonomics it, of but, it. But this one bothers me a lot more because there's nothing important about inside of that bomber. There's nothing important about anything that occurs with those characters. Right. It relates to Rose 
and it doesn't really make a difference to ma- and doesn't matter to her character even really. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it spurs her on her way, but Rose is completely inconsequential and doesn't matter. I know. Um, but this one moment we have just has her defying physics and well, then Rose- they also blow up the dreadnought with it and for some reason that bomber was able to get about a kilometer past all the other right. bombers though getting hit it was just too many things where i did suspend disbelief i just think it looked cool give me a break i just think it looked cool I, it looked cool the inside with all the bombs and by the way rose does matter she's the titular character in episode nine the rise of skywalker <laughs> <laughs> she's Sky- clearly going to save everything skywalker has rose <laughs> yeah that's right she's past tense rise of skywalker <laughs> that's right um yes page page tico um what are the color of the four jets on the back of poe's x-wing oh god i mean his x-wing is largely black and orange are, are they not those colors the, the jets oh like the fire yeah um pink yeah it is yeah that kind of stood out to me yep all right. I I don't know if that's exclusive on all X wings. It might be. I just it, for some reason it was the more it was more noticeable and I'd ever noticed it before. Well, his is a darker colored X wing than you're used to. Yeah, so that might have been the reason why I noticed it. The contrast. Night question. What is the name of the captain of the dreadnought? Oh, Captain Kennedy. He's captain. Gr- he's great. He is great, except for that he's he spends dies. The, <laughs> spends the entire twenty in that ridiculous red hue. Yeah. No. He 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 was very cool. I'm hoping that they do a similar style with uh, Richard E. Grant's character. Uh, in The Rise of Skywalker, but one that lives a little longer. <laughs> yeah, this guy's clearly just like, um, I don't even have a good word for him, but he's just an angry he's grizzled. SOB. Yeah, he's been around. Yeah, he the is. look on his face when he realizes they're going down, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. Ah, here we go. Yeah, and then Hux has the look of like he's about to cry. <laughs> night question for me. Uh, night question for you is, how many times does Kylo punch his helmet to the point of shattering oh, it? Oh, jeez. Uh, I don't know, a lot. I think it's a lot of times, isn't it? Maybe. Like, like four or five? What's your guess? Five. Six. Plus. Six. Oh, I honestly would have thought it was even more. Um, anything different about this temper tantrum in particular? This is not the first time we've seen him have a temper tantrum, but this one was inspired by by really having a new asshole torn. Yeah. No, I thought this was good. I thought, yeah. I thought it fit with his character. Um, yes, except... I mean, I mean, take that ridiculous thing off. That that might lead to it a little bit, and also you're just a kid in a mask. Like there was two, your mask is dumb comments, and Han told him to take that thing off. Yes, you don't need it. It 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 could be um, interpreted that they they eliminated the mask in this movie for the same reason Tobey Maguire doesn't wear his Spider-Man mask enough in Spider-Man Two. Like he's more famous now. Let's put him in the Ryan. It was film. it was 100 Ryan Johnson's decision. He said specifically. Adam Driver is dreamy. Is too good of an actor yeah. to have behind a mask. There's something about I, that. I needed to see his expressions, so I took I got rid of the mask right away. There's something about that, and also, I mean, I like Kylo Ren's mask. Don't get me wrong. Oh I, yeah, I love the look of Kylo Ren, uh, but it's just a little. I I don't the the fact that he wears a mask to feel more like Vader is so petulant. Like yeah. I think that we can we can demonstrate that he wants to be like Vader in subtler ways yeah i agree um but i mean we'll find out the reason as to why he's putting it back together in episode nine so he's gonna he's gonna have a portion of the movie without the mask on for sure oh my god absolutely there's not been any material there's not been any visuals of the actual movie with him in the mask right we've only ever seen it in artwork okay my master question what is the name of uh what is the name of the dreadnought that's captained by uh kennedy in the opening battle 
Oh shit! It has its own name. I don't know if it's said in the. Oh, it though. probably isn't, but I'm not surprised it has its uh its own name. Can you give me a hint? Is there any way to give a hint? Uh, yeah. Well, it it kind of sounds kinky. No, I'm not gonna get it. It's called the Fulminatrix. I actually have never heard that, so yeah. no, I would have never gotten that. I'm glad <laughs> I didn't even try and guess. Yeah. The Fulminatrix. Yeah. That's a really dumb name. It's not a great name. That's like, Star Wars ships have great names. Usually, yeah. Even if they're just like very textbook clinical names, they usually, they work somehow. Yes, absolutely. This sounds like it's trying too hard to be a spaceship. Yeah, that's weird. I don't like that. Yeah, me neither. What is Connix's full name? Who's Connix? Billy Lord. Oh, that's gonna be hard. <laughs> I should say so. Yes, I don't know. Cadel, Cadel, Cadel Conix, Cadel Co Conix. All right, she has a good punch it in this twenty. Yep, she does. She delivers a good punch it. We're gonna see more of her or less of her in episode nine. More and most likely Billy Lord will play two people. She'll play also Leia. Right. I think that's. I think that's a good guess. She's actually a great actor. Like she, she's really good. She's and I think that um, they just want her in the movie because it's like it's, it's got a good energy endearing. to it yeah, it's what yeah. we want it's a good story no one in it. no one watching star wars is like oh what is she doing there right but she's not invasive at all thus far no like you could easily never find out that she's carrie fisher's daughter yeah i think my guess is she'll spend her time with like dom monhan and rose's characters right but i would like for them to develop her character i'd like yeah. to see more than that yeah no i think they will i mean those characters will have some significance of sorts uh, okay. just the only other couple things for the 20 really would be that um when the TIE fighter gets shredded uh, yeah. by like the wings get cut off and the ball bounces on top. That's cool. As it hell. is. Cool. That's a great visual. Yeah, there's lots of good space visuals. I know you say the battle itself is kind of boring. It, you're right. It, it is. It's, it's, it's non-consequential, but I think there's actually some pretty cool visuals. In there is a couple cool visuals. Absolutely. Yeah. Like with the bomb, like that's thing he captures good visuals, but some of them are just unnecessary. Yep, that's true. Um, like why didn't Leia also call off the bombers? Did, nice. Like Poe didn't mute her for everybody. No. So Leia should have just gone to Poe's second in command and been like, uh, I think her name's Tally, and been like, Tally, yeah, shoot down Commander Dameron and come back immediately. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you get the Medal of Honor if you kill <laughs> Poe Dameron. If you kill my best pilot. Right. Um, and uh, let's see. That screen that Leia has that shows who survives and who lives, I thought yeah. that was cool. I re never really looked at it before just now. Just a half an hour ago, I rewatched this 20, and I was like, oh, that's what, what that is. Yeah, it's uh, it's I, very sad because there's not many ships left. No, she has a real look of forlornity on her face. Like, oh, there's all my good guys that are that are not coming home. Mm. Um, but it's just kind of a throwaway thing that somebody worked on, and I think it's effective. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, I thought the casting for The Resistance in the bombers and like everyone who i thought that worked i just yeah. thought they all looked appropriate yep. and that would they would age well as like oh that looks like the star wars good guys yeah i agree and uh, i like the porks the porks did we see porks in this 20 just briefly they were like holding on to the lightsaber were they well they were like the first 19 minutes and 56 seconds of this movie yeah when luke throws it over his shoulder oh i don't think i even noticed any porks. yeah the ray goes to pick it up because like there's a two porgs like playing with it oh okay and then somebody of course like vid like edited it on youtube or one of them turns it on and like kills oh, the other one right <laughs> right i like the porgs too i know that they're another thing people like to criticize i think when you criticize the porgs you're looking for things to criticize yes. uh but you could have said the same thing about the ewoks and the ewoks were were ewoks are awesome i know but they're not that's not a unanimous opinion no i know it's not a unanimous opinion but i like the ewoks and i like the porgs the porgs also were not 
consequent. Like, the Ewoks definitely play a bigger role than they should. Right. The Porgs have a tiny role, and it's appropriate. I like the Porgs. I'm not crazy about the weird, like, maiden things that we see later on Octo The caretakers? Well. Yeah. The caretakers are weirder than the Porgs. Definitely weirder. And But I don't know. I like the fact that they don't like Rey. I think that's funny. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine with me. That's all I got. We got to move on. Yeah, no, that's it for uh, for the 20. Okay. And uh, there's not a whole lot in news, but let's go through it. Okay. Uh, season 10 of Recorder 66, the last movie that's been released in theaters. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's we, right. We made it here. Yeah, getting to the end. Um, oh, there's a sneak peek for the Kylo Ren comic. Um, and so it shows that Kylo, he takes a trooper on him with a negotiation mission, most likely aggressive negotiations. <laughs> uh, the trooper was the only one who was remaining from the last time the Empire had uh, kind of occupied that planet. And it was when Vader led a command there. Mm-hmm. And so it was very kind of Kylo was living in Vader's glory and also kind of talking about how he wanted to succeed at a greater extent than Vader. Right. Uh, it was just very much about Kylo living in Vader's shadow. And it was him with like a, a grizzled old stormtrooper who was one of Vader's. And so it's, it's it looks interesting, but potentially not as revealing as the Snoke uh comics or some of the other ones so that was a snow comic on dagobah it wasn't yes. a kylo ren that okay. was a snow comic yeah okay cool cool um there's been a couple posters that have come out just showing a little bit uh so a few more angles of some knights of ren uh and some stormtroopers uh but i do have to say and i'm more confident than ever these sith troopers are clones yeah and nobody's saying it interesting because they they're literally standing the same okay they're like standing the way that they would be like if they just came off like an assembly line in one of these posters are people making any speculations about these these well, mostly just who they're allegiant to okay people are going back and forth on that but like nobody's talking about the fact that these are 100 percent a clone army and it's not like means nobody's the, talking about clones in general well no people are talking about cloning like ray and then they keep forgetting what the word clone means and being like oh she's a test tube baby right and like that's a clone <laughs> of somebody no it's not no. that's not what cloning is right but these are definitely clones because they like if you see the poster right here they just look like they came off the assembly line a while back. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. They're all lined up like a checker. Absolutely. Board. And then remember a, a while back, this poster that had a really kind of dumb looking background. It was yeah. the one that was leaked a while back and had, it was the first time we saw Claude. Um, he was up in the corner and uh, it had Kylo Ren holding the lightsaber kind of backwards. Right. It looked like a, like a Walmart poster. Yeah. It's a t-shirt design. It's actually an okay t-shirt design. They replaced Claude with Rose as well when they, in the final version. Okay. Um, but on the bottom of that initial poster as well, the stormtroopers are lined up in complete V formation. Interesting. They are like in, it, it, there's nothing natural about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas all the other white stormtroopers are all in action positions, yeah. not mimicking one another. All of the Sith troopers are aligned and their actions are identical they're so standing at command they're standing there's just there's no way they're not clones okay. they're, they're, it's mirroring attack of the clones and revenge of the sith perfectly with the way the clones acted okay and so i'm more in belief of that than ever uh the knights of ren uh cool shots of them but nothing really we get to see they're just to see that they're probably going to have hopefully some significance right um but yeah that's like there's really not much in the news world that's mostly, okay mostly just kind of like some some rumors out there uh, and some theories that I was working on and just kind of playing around with a little bit. Uh, but also, uh, yeah, so let me just dive into some of those. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Finn. I think we're going to find out that Finn is from the same planet as Lando. 
Okay. So I think what it's going to be is Lando and a little bit later in life, maybe, I don't know, but like he finds his daughter. I think his daughter is going to be a social justice warrior. Okay. Uh, she's wearing like, she's got like the bow. I think she is going to be on the planet that they're from or whatever. And she is pushing against the occupation of the first order and that they've been enslaving their people for years. That's how Finn connects the dots that this is where he's from. Mm. Um, and that he was taken as a child and that he kind of finds a place of home with this like kind of like new like planet and probably where maybe he ends up and stays. Who knows? I do kind of need a little more about Finn. I think, yeah, I think he's going to find like, I think he's going to find some family. I think not necessarily his real family, but like his people. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, similar to the way like, you know, solo, I don't have a people. Right. Whereas Finn, I think he will find his people. Well, and he wants people. Like, yeah. Like, and, he, and he doesn't even hide that he wants people. He's like, desperate for the, it. The first thing he says when he wakes up is, where's Ray? Like, he wants his companions so badly, he's yeah. tired of being alone. So and, I like that. And they just keep showing him with Jonna and promo material, and so it just seems to work. And there's potentially, and Finn's always been, like, uh, John Boyega has joked a lot about, like, who's Finn's going to end up with in this movie. And so there's also a decent chance that it's, Jonna, and then they're just going to completely have him have a different love interest in each movie. <laughs> I like that better than Rose. I like it better than Rose, too. Yeah. I think it works way better. And also seeing Finn trying to, like, around, like, trying to, like, like tiptoe wheel. around Lando's daughter oh, with Lando around, that would be wonderfully cool. It would be gold. Well, so they're both would, so charming in very different ways. But also seeing him kind of, like, the way he was around Solo and how he was goofy and dorky, but, like, same way around Lando and Lando and Solo were best friends. I, I think it just, I think it could be really sweet and work out really well. Yeah, I like and that. And so I just, it, it, it was very endearing to think about. And so it just made me think, okay, I think that there's a decent chance. Everything lines up that it could be that. Yeah, I'm on board for sure. Um, there's a few other crazy rumors so and theories, I should say. So I'll get into those in one second. Okay. Uh, but I will say the Dexter Jetster stuff, <laughs> uh, that one I've continued to hear about. Really? Yeah, and so that one scene has has done a good job of circulating from de- several different sources, and this is a possible show that's in early development. Yeah, that, it, but more and more people seem to think it's going to be cartoon, and it'll be a kids one. And I get so it. It'll be the next, or yeah, but it, it that it's not going to. It'll be replacing the resistance probably in terms of a slotting. Okay, so I think that's cool. That's I li- fine. I like it, and bring back the Clone Wars. Doing it at that would probably come out after the Clone Wars, but. I, it's come back again, so it's interesting. Especially as a kid's show. I think that's harmless. Uh, one thing I wanted to just quickly chat with you about is uh, I lightened the image up. I tried to, and it's just such a terrible image, but a while back we got those things that look like stickers, mm. and there was like that Jack Skellington-looking dude. Yep. Uh, I just blew it up just to make it a little bit bigger, see oh, what, okay. he, what he looks like. Just you did bit, that A little it? bit brighter, yeah. yeah. But like, you can't really see anything. The only What I was trying to do is if I could align his outfit to one of the Knights of Ren. Okay. But it, if I had to pick one, it looks the most like the one that that you thought was Matt Smith. That I thought was Matt Smith. Yeah. But it also you can't tell. It kind of looks like Mandalorian armor too. I don't know. It, it's 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 really hard to see, and it's it you just yeah I couldn't pull anything from it. But I'm still curious to know who the hell this guy is, and yeah. it just makes sense if he's a Knight of Ren though. It's a very creepy face. He's like, creepy as like, hell. It's a creepy face the likes of which you don't normally see in Star Wars. Oh, absolutely. It, w- it would scare a few kids. He looks Abs- like Scarecrow from Batman Begins. A little bit, yeah. yeah. He's got the Joker mouth, though, almost. Right. Like, with this like, kind of like just bloody slash. Right, right. Jeepers Creepers. Remember Jeepers Creepers? No, right. I don't. Reminds me of that. It's a, a stupid B horror movie from the late 90s. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a few more things. Uh, the... 
spoiler alert for those who don't want to have anything that potentially could come true. Uh, but more and more things have also circulated around that it's going to start out with the flashback of Luke and Leia. Okay. And that they're going to be in the midst of a lightsaber battle, probably wearing some form of like fencing masks. Okay. And then they'll take off the fencing masks after the like a bit of an ex- some ex- but then they'll have a conversation. Leia will reveal she's pregnant. Uh, and that's going to then switch into her training Ray. It'd be so weird to see Leia with a lightsaber and to be good with a lightsaber. That oh, it should be so probably weird. awesome. Sure, but it'd be just very hard to imagine. Yeah, but it'd be Billy Lord too, I get which it. is yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know who they'd get to do uh, young Luke, but just yeah. probably it would be a body and they'd do the same thing that they did with Tarkin. And right. It'll look great, better than it ever has before. And so yeah. that's what's exciting. And uh, I still think there could be a chance for a flashback with Han as well. I'm not sure. If it would be around then or in a different capacity later on or a vision you're, that Kylo has. You're talking about seeing Han, Luke, and Leia kind of young together again. Would, would Man, that would make you like... That would make people pretty damn happy. Yeah, it would. I don't know. Could work. Yeah, it could be that, that scene that Kevin Smith didn't want to see. Remember when Kevin Smith was on set and they're like, you don't want to see this. They said that was the end. Oh, okay. Uh, and that by the sounds of it, I don't think it was necessary. It sounded like the set. Yeah. So that makes me think that it's probably just the Lars Homestead. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and it could be like burnt to the ground and the, like that's the only reason why you know it's that's what it is or like I don't know what it could be, but that's the only thing I could see as being like jaw dropping and I don't even think that's that jaw dropping. It seems like kind of natural. The Lars Homestead would not still be there burnt to the ground because it would either be cleaned up and repurposed that that property or a sandstorm would have buried it. Yeah, that's fair. But you could say part of the area would still be visible. Right. I know. Could, I'm, I'm nitpicking. Yeah. But no, but you're right. It wouldn't be. Uh, it wouldn't it, look like it did. It wouldn't look exactly. We wouldn't still have the skeletons and then the smoke coming off. of. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then like Luke just being like, there's nothing left there's for nothing me here. There's nothing here for me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's nothing here for me now. Is you're yeah. right. Uh, you're good at remembering lines. I am. Um, but also there's been other rumors going around. And so there's a planet called Exogel. Okay. And so that's apparently going to be. Some people have it rumored that that's where Palpatine has been located. Uh, and then it's also been rumored that that's potentially uh, the location in the unknown regions that has all like the lightning and shit going on and the craziness mm-hmm. uh, where Kylo Ren looks like he's in battle mode in the trailer. Right, uh, right. And so... Exogal? Yeah. Could, but, could it be pronounced Exogal? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Exogal sounds terrible. Okay, Exogal, whatever. Okay. Uh but I started to think, just based on the rumors that I had mentioned before, and then about like a dagger concept and some of the theories that I had, and the best Clone Wars arc is the Mortis arc. Yes. It's all about bringing balance to the Force. It's all about Anakin. It's all about the prophecies. It's all about the true nature of the Force, how it acts, what controls it, the will of the Force, everything. It's right. loaded with metaphors. And if you and it got widely accepted by the Star Wars audience. Okay. If you're trying to find a way to wrap up the saga that truly hits on all those key points the way you'd want to, mm-hmm. then why not mimic the Mortis arc in a way with this storytelling? True. Mortis was I don't know whether it was like in an unknown sort of area of space. It was an unmapped spot. It was an area that time worked differently. Uh, it was this cube in space. It was very weird. And so if you have like this planet that's potentially very similar to Mortis in the unknown regions that Palpatine has been able to lock away some of himself or has been able to 
exist as a force ghost just on this planet because it's so insanely strong. Mm. Like Qui-Gon, for example, he could manifest as a force ghost on Mortis. Oh, okay. He can't manifest as a force ghost anywhere else. Right. Not even on Dagobah, which is strong with the force. Right. But he can't do it anywhere but Mortis. Right. So potentially there's this dark side planet in the unknown regions where Palpatine, maybe it's where Snoke's from. Mm -hmm. And that's where Palpatine has been able to live as a force ghost. And he's been drawing Kylo towards that or something. And maybe... Uh, there's something to that but it uh, it's just a shame to me if they have to create this whole i mean i know that it already exists canonically but like that's gonna require a lot of backstory explaining yes and no that's what i was thinking about it though is that's i think where people may be missing the mark is because in theory you would think maybe that needs a lot of backstory but it doesn't need any backstory okay the mortis arc didn't have any backstory prior to it you understand it as it's going. Right, but it would feel like, oh, we're just creating this thing to resolve our many open ends at the end of the series, unless you happen to have done all this background research. Well, specifically, the rumor that's going around is that Palpatine convinces Kylo that Ray's is... The rumors that Ray's Palpatine's granddaughter. That's okay. what people seem to think, and that... He tells that to Kylo and that he wants them to run as emperor and empress, but he can increase their power in the force by uniting them together with some form of Sith alchemy and blah, 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 blah. But essentially what he does is then brings them together and that's able to, um, he's able to draw power from them and like bring himself back to life. Right. Um, and so what I was thinking could be very different is what if you do it in that very similar sort of way, but in the Mortis arc, the son and the daughter and the father were immortal. Yes. Palpatine's obsessed with being immortal. Mm -hmm. The father, the son, and the daughter all die in the Mortis arc. Okay, they're not immortal. The only thing that can kill them is the dagger. Okay. And so the son kills the daughter with the dagger. The father kills himself. And by killing himself, the son loses his immortality. Ah. I think Obi-Wan kills the son. Oh, okay. Just has like his lightsaber ready as soon as the father stabs himself. Obi-Wan like stabs the the son or something i don't remember the exacts of it sounds like a great story it is a phenomenal story yeah um but the daughter has healing abilities she has the ability to bring people back to life she has she's pure she's good in all ways shapes and form the yeah. son has lust for power and it's his undoing yes he has lust for power to the point where he's willing to kill his father mm. who's who's willing to kill his father for his lust of power kylo ren yes he was yeah so potentially what Palpatine's doing is bringing Rey and Kylo together, obviously as a trick, but maybe by bringing Rey and Kylo together, he's able to make them the son and the daughter, yeah. which makes him the father, which makes him immortal. Oh, that's really good. And he, that means he ultimately has, they control as much as they want of the galaxy under his control. Right. But he we has, need to repeat history then. We're going to have to follow the same steps to kill Palpatine the way we killed the father. Which also aligns everything in which I've said before with Azrael's blade and how you can have this like ability to like sever someone's connection with the force. And so if Palpatine and what I was thinking, I was kind of theorizing is so maybe when he brings them together, he doesn't like come back to life, but he comes back into some form of like, so he's been conversing maybe as like a force ghost, mm -hmm. but uh, no, sorry. That the rumor was that he's not dead, mm. and that he was just barely he was barely clinging to life. Which we don't love. No, and that he then brings himself back to power. And what I was thinking was most likely he'll be a force ghost on Exogal because that's like a dark side. Exogal. Exogal. Sorry. And then he will come back to life, mm -hmm. and he will come back to life in a young form, 
and he'll come back to life as Matt Smith now. Okay. And so when he's Matt Smith in his ability, he's in flesh, but also immortal. And so then you have like a bunch of other things. And then I did more digging. Mm -hmm. And I've mentioned Abeloth before. Okay. Abeloth is like the mother of all evil in the Star Wars Legends world. And that she was uh, trapped in the Maw. Remember how I mentioned that before? Right, right, and that's right. how like you were able to kill an unkillable human being. Mm -hmm. uh, and so she, I didn't even realize, she's the mother. Okay. So it aligns perfectly. And then I thought about Lucifer again. And in Lucifer, the mother, the mother of all creation, um, goes crazy, is banished to hell, just like Abeloth is by the father. Mm -hmm. And then in Lucifer, Lucifer frees her by cutting a hole in the universe and giving her her own universe to get her out of the universe. Oh, yeah. And so essentially, Abeloth is trapped in a maw. And so I was also thinking, okay, maybe maybe the dagger thing isn't the case. Maybe they do the maw thing, which is what I was thinking about long ago on how potentially Palpatine could be trapped in the maw and Solo actually served a fucking purpose. Mm -hmm. Or maybe Exogel's in the center of a maw. Oh, so wow. maybe Rey and Kylo together, Kylo flies the Falcon with Ray into the center of a maw. Wow. To a planet where Palpatine is. This whole um this whole parable is also reminiscent of, you know, towards the end of Lost when we get the history of the island and Alice and Janie plays the mother of all creation. Yeah. And there's like a light and dark dichotomy between the two brothers. Yeah. It's reminiscent of that too. Absolutely. I never even thought of that. And I love Lost. Lost yeah. like my favorite T V show. Yeah. That's that's very, very similar to the way it would be. I love uh, it. And I so it. it really works with all the Mortis angles. You don't need to explain how this is just like Mortis. But the people who have seen Mortis will realize, oh my God. Hmm. And the Mortis is 100% George Lucas's creation. That's cool. With Dave Filoni's implementation, but George Lucas's ideas and the way that he wanted this arc to be done. He had very clear vision on it. It's about bringing balance to the Force. But it also, Anakin was able to bring balance to the Force on Mortis. Maybe that was his bringing balance to the Force. Yeah. Maybe he brought balance to the Force before he killed Palpatine. Right. Maybe he brought balance to the Force years ago. Wow, that'd be weird. It would be weird, and I don't think it's necessarily the case. No. But oh, there's something in there. But though. something by him balancing Mortis off maybe provides the opportunity for Palpatine to retake that role of the father that Anakin was supposed to have taken. So you would encourage us to go watch the Mortis arc? 100%. Okay. 100%. And I've mentioned before, and this is a new also thing. Remember when I said uh, how I thought maybe we've, I've always said Ray is, was created by Palpatine yes. and that we're going to get a reveal that. Anakin was created by Palpatine and Rey was created the same way. Right. They're going to do the double reveal, i.e. the one they didn't do in Revenge of the Sith, but hinted at. They're going to confirm it and then they'll reveal the Rey side of things. Yep. And I mentioned before how maybe Palpatine impregnated Shmi when he stole her away in Attack of the Clones and found a way to like force inseminate her then and so that you can biologically make her Anakin's. Right. Or he just wined and dined her. <laughs> it's possible. Uh, but what I thought makes way more sense to make her a direct Skywalker and more directly um, the heir to that lightsaber and more directly mirroring the past mm -hmm. and more directly a reason for Kylo to be obsessed with her is in legends or in, sorry, not in legends because in, in legends, Plagueis and Palpatine didn't experiment in the force backfired by creating Anakin. Right. I don't think that will be the case here. I think it will be based on the revenge of the Sith leading up to that Palpatine and Plagueis created Anakin. Mm -hmm. Okay. If Palpatine and Plagueis created Anakin, Who's to say that Palpatine and Vader didn't create Rey? Ah. Uh, and yeah. so Vader, 
he wasn't able to stop the ones he loved from dying, but he was able to learn how to create life potentially. Create life. And who liked using carbon freezing? Vader. Yep. Palpatine wasn't the one who used it. Vader liked to use it. So oh, maybe true. Vader and Palpatine created her and Vader froze her and hit her away. That kind of makes uh, Rey Luke's sister in a way. Exactly. And the original concept for 789 was Luke's long lost sister. Oh, weird. Okay, wow. And they just decided, let's make it Leia. Let's wrap it up in six. That works perfectly. But yep. George Lucas initially had it so that Leia... Um, wasn't a sister at all no but she has the force yeah but that leia luke and luke's sister would be the main characters of because leia was supposed to be luke's love interest uh, probably originally yeah. conceded oh that's so cool so in that way she's vader's daughter mm. we're making her more the heir to the lightsaber than kylo ren his grandson kylo, of course the lightsaber came to her so i was like when i had that theory i was like "Ooh, that works so much better fuck the shmi that's thing so good and that's really easy to explain. It's remarkable. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. Really good. Okay, we good? Yeah, I think so. Okay, the only happy birthday I want to wish is to Jonathan Kasdan, Monday the 30th. Nice. Happy birthday, Jonathan. Uh, for Gotta Cast One, we had the Emmys the other day. Uh, neither of these people were nominated for Emmys, but I think there's a solid chance that both of them will be nominated next year. Okay. Um, one for uh, Euphoria, which is HBO's big show this year, and the other for a show that comes on Netflix this weekend called uh, The Politician. So have you got to cast one? Is it going to be Zendaya or Ben Platt? Um, Zendaya. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, ben Platt looks like he, uh, you, have, you describe it so well. He looks like he has a face that uh, lives in a world with texting. Well, that's fair. He and he is a musical theater boy. I don't know if we have somebody from the theater world in the in the youth core of Star Wars. Yeah. And both of these actors are really diverse. Like um Zendaya is already in the Disney family and that she's Mary Jane in Star Wars. I, I think she'd be a really good young Sith. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think she's still too she's so young. And I like she, she's she's far from pure in in Euphoria as well, um, but I think a lot of these people who who play flawed really well are almost more interesting as virtuous characters. Yeah, I could see that, um, but I think you could also play it as I think she'd be really good as a young troubled Sith in mm. the sense of like similar to Kylo Ren, but not in an era where she's like the heir to the world, but an era where. Being a Sith is competitive. Right. Or, I mean, hell, I mean, Darth Xana was Darth Bane's apprentice. Yeah. Uh, who I think eventually kills Darth Bane. Okay. And so it could be kind of like a like a very father-daughter-like relationship and have her, like, build up an arc and ends up killing her master in the end. Something like that could kind of work. Um, so. Although she definitely could pull off the sarcasm of being uh, a smuggler or someone on the... So you're pretty confident about that. Uh, yeah, I, I, Ben Ben Platt just the face doesn't seem to work for me. <laughs> I kind of see what you mean. All right. Yeah. Although I'm gonna check with this politician. I think it looks it's Gwyneth Paltrow, and he plays this like like kind of twisted dude who's just dead set from the time he's 12 years old on being president of the United States, and he's like I think he's kind of a, a 2019 Tracy Flick in election. Okay. I think it's gonna be a bit of a dark comedy. I'm looking forward to that. Huh, I'm good. also I'm when you leave, I'm going to download and play. Uh, Jedi Outcast on the Switch because it came out this week. Nice. And it's only 12 bucks. That's pretty good. And so I don't even know if if it holds up, if it ported well, or like, I mean, it's 
it's a much loved game in terms of Star Wars gaming. Yeah. But I don't know a lot about it. And if I only get an hour worth of entertainment out of it, it's probably worth it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because Vader Immortal, uh, the second chapter, just dropped today. Oh, great. Yeah, just randomly out of the blue. And so I'll, I don't have a $600 Oculus, whatever I'm call it. Uh, so I'll watch the YouTube video of it. But apparently there's uh, more information about what's under Vader's castle on Mustafar. Uh, we get to hear more about the history of Mustafar uh, and Vader's attempts to discover the secrets of immortality. If you want to be caught up to us by next week's podcast, watch the first 40 minutes of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. In the meantime, you can send along any uh, thoughts or opinions, agreements, disagreements you might have uh, on Twitter at Recorder66 or email Recorder66Podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review on your preferred podcast app. And until we're together again, may the Force be with you.